Evening, everybody. Welcome back to How Men Talk. Uh, today, I got a fun little, uh, fun little topic for y'all. Let me uh, grab a drink here for a second. Ooh, got some strong shit. Yikes. Okay. First off, never ever make a lemon drop without lemon juice. Ugh, it's fucking horrible. So I was gonna have um, last week's guest on tonight. Uh, but the wife said, hey, why don't you stay in and we'll fuck. So I was like, of course I'm going to stay home for that shit. So um, figured I'd do one show, you know, just make sure we, you know, we, I got consistent content coming out. But more importantly, um, I wanted to, uh, uh, and I'm going to have uh, my last week's guest on uh, here probably in the next couple of days. But as I was kind of going through the, the motions of, uh, you know, show topics, one of the things that uh, kind of occurred to me was, you know, some of the back-end things that I deal with that I hardly ever talk about, but because some people find it boring, whatever. And I, I think I got one for you. So let, let's let's settle in and uh, grab yourself a drink and uh, let's let's dive in here. <coughs> so America, far and away, is one of the greatest countries on the planet. I'm not saying it's number one in everything or anything like that. I'm going to tell you why it's one of the greatest countries of all time currently, because of this one little fact. I grew up dirt poor, dirt, dirt fucking poor. Talking, go I know what government cheese tastes like. I know what goulash without meat and tomato paste instead of instead of tomato sauce is tastes like. Um, I know what it's like to be wearing, you know, secondhand clothes, you know, all that fun shit. I grew up dirt, dirt fucking poor. Now that said, um, on paper you look at me and you go, holy shit, you're a wealthy guy. I wouldn't necessarily say wealthy, because when I think wealthy, I think like giant mansions, Lamborghinis, shit like that. But if I were to sell everything I own, I would be worth about a million bucks. Um, I've got about $2 million right now in uh, real estate across multiple things. And that got me to thinking. I'm like, hey, you know what? I end up winning all this shit by myself. So I figured, you know what? I'll share some of that information with everybody. Hopefully, that puts a few bucks in your pocket, too. So, back in uh, 2008, I went through a nasty, nasty divorce. And at the time, banks were loaning money to anybody, anybody who had a pulse. And I always wanted to get into real estate, specifically just rentals, you know, standard residential rentals. Uh, but my wife at the time just wasn't keen on it. And I kept saying, no, 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 I think there's something here. You know, there, I think it'll fund our retirement. You, you, don't, you just don't understand. And she kept saying, no, 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 no. And so finally, after some convincing, we uh, I finally get a yes out of her. Fine, great. And I go and I talk to my real estate guy, and I say, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm in the real estate game. Now let's go. And he says, all right. So I find a 16-unit apartment complex in my area that's going to net us $3,000 a month when it's all said and done. But they wanted a million dollars for this thing, right? And at the time, banks were loaning money to, like I say, to anybody with a pulse. We actually had a couple of bucks saved up, and I think I could have made it work. So fast forward, going through the motions, going through all the bank bullshit, blah, 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 blah. And at the very last possible minute, my ex hits me with the, you know, this marriage ain't working out. I want a divorce. And so that deal fell apart. I was just furious because I'm sitting there go looking at it going, we could have had something that would just continually generate us money. And she just was like, no, I don't want to be your business partner, which is totally fine, you know. 
Uh, but it aggravated me just because the thought was, you know, you didn't necessarily have to be a business partner. You could have just been somebody who collected a check, you know. Right now, that same 16-unit apartment building, right now it's worth about $2.5 million, which, of course, you know, can aggravate just about anybody. So, so anyway, fast forward. We go through divorce, and I look, and I'm like, you know what? I am responsible for no one. I don't have any children. I don't have a wife. I'm not responsible for anyone. So, you know what? I'm going to fucking do it. So... I, you know, it was just a thought in my head for a little while, and then one day I was at work, because I have a full-time job, and uh, the market was just tanking hard, like crazy, and I looked at my 401k, and I thought, man, you know, this this just isn't going to pay for shit, you know, I mean, I wasn't gaining much, you know, and the stuff that I did get gained by, I was getting eaten alive by fees by the fucking 401k guy, so I'm sitting there going, what in the fuck am I going to do, right, so a friend of mine's father, um, in fact, the father of... Uh, uh, the man who was on last week, he had rentals, and his rentals were, it, it was just a fucking disaster, uh, you know, all sorts of horrific things, just every, you know, tenant had every excuse, and he's a softy, you know, so he's gonna buy their bullshit, and all that kind of jazz, um, it was just a whole fucking nightmare, right, so, but I'm like, I'm thinking, you know what, I bet you I can, I can get in and uh, get some, some things going here, so I talked to a few people, I educate the living shit out of myself, and I'm thinking, how am I going to come up with a down payment for a property? And I look, and I'm like, oh, I can cash out my 401k. I can take that money, you know, I had 30 grand in the account at the time, and I was going to pay a shit ton of taxes. Uh, the government basically looked at me and went, yeah, you want to cash it out? No problem, go ahead, stupid, let's see what you can do. So, after educating the living shit out of myself, um, you know, reading online forums, things like that, I grabbed my friend's father. And I said, hey, man, you know, can I pick your brain about real estate? He says, absolutely. I says, let's, let's meet for lunch. I'll pay for lunch. I just want to pick your brain. No problem. Because at the time, they didn't really have any kind of, uh, you know, cool little websites based on real estate shit like that. So, fast forward. We go to lunch. First words out of my mouth, where'd you go wrong? And he looks at me like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, dude, you know. You got your teeth kicked in, you know. You know, a lot of people when they when they talk about things that they've done, they always talk about the success. They always talk about, oh man, I was buying boats and I was buying, I was going on vacations and my kids were going to college. It's wonderful. No, I want to know where your failures were because anybody can talk about how awesome shit is. I want to know where where things went wrong, where things were absolutely fucking horrific for you. And he owned a small apartment complex and it was full of every stereotypical. Um, you know, dirt poor, section eight, self-entitled, bullshit uh, attitude that you would find in those kind of things. Think Jerry Springer types, um, you know, as a tenant. So he basically told me, listen, I was always paying attention to the, the market, uh, or I was always paying attention to the property. I was never paying attention to the market. I was always paying attention to oh man, it's worth $800,000, worth $900,000. And what he was doing was he was cash out refinancing. He'd go to the bank and say, listen, I owe $700,000. It's now worth a million. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, do a cash out refi. And I'm going to take a couple of bucks and I'm going to do some fun shit with it. Well, you can only do that so far when the tenants are paying the rent. And so if somebody gave him a sob story like, oh man, I lost my job, I this, that, and the other, then he would, he would let it slide. And he's a good dude. He's a really nice man. I like him. And but he would buy their bullshit. And so, 
pretty soon you got times where they were just, you know, on and on and on where they were, um, you know, you do that often enough and pretty soon, you're, you know, you get your fucking teeth kicked in. So anyways, so I educate myself, educate myself, educate myself, go to the bank and uh, go to my 401k place. And I say, all right, we're doing it. I figured I have enough uh, information in my head. I can make it work. So the first place I buy, now this is at the height a height of when everything was going all to shit. This is about 2011. Working with my property manager or my uh, my realtor, and I'm looking around, and I say, you know, I, I think I found a place. I find a place. It's 115, uh, $139,000, dollars, and I go to the bank and I go, you know, you got this place for 139. I'll give you 110. And the bank at the time, I don't think it really kind of dawned on them how bad things were. So they came back and they're like, listen, we're the bank, you know, we'll, we'll go from 139 to 134. And I'm thinking, no, I don't think so. Because I'm looking and there's literally four sale signs in the same neighborhood and it's a cookie cutter neighborhood. Bang, 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 all the same. <coughs> I says, there's one right down the road for 115. So you take 110 or I'm just going to walk, you know, over this one and I'll negotiate him from 115 to 110. So they come back and they go, okay, you know, 115. And so finally, I'm thinking, you know, fine, five grand, who gives a shit? So I go in and signing all the paperwork and doing all the normal shit, right? And I look down on a piece of paper, you know, at, uh, you know, when I'm with my realtor and it says 110. And I go, what the fuck? It was supposed to be 115. So I call my, I nudge my realtor and I go, hey, dude, it says 115. He looks down, he sees 110. He goes, oh, shut your fucking mouth. Okay, cool. I'll shut my fucking mouth. So. I uh, I uh, buy the place, and I sign all the paperwork, and I have this little thing that I do, um, and so does my buddy from last week. Whenever we do, whenever we buy something expensive, cars, houses, anything relatively expensive, we'll make it a point to take the pen of the person that we're signing paperwork with. So like, you know, the car manager, the title company, whatever. It's like, hey, listen, give me your pen. And and nine times out of ten, they go, okay, fine, whatever. But every now and then, they kind of look and they go. This is my pen. You're like, yeah, yeah, I understand that. Give me your fucking pen. I want your pen. So I have a box of pens. I call it my million-dollar pens. So it's like, oh, this pen, you know, was for a $100,000 deal. This pen was for a $50,000 deal, whatever it happened to be. Anyway, take the guy's pen. I walk out of the title company, and as soon as I shook hands with my realtor, and he walked off to his car, and I started walking towards my car, I, my first thought was, oh, my fucking God, what have I gotten myself into? I have fucked myself and I went, wait, 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 calm down, calm down. You've done the math. You've done everything right. You're fine. Now, the reason why I'm telling you guys all this is because you can make a lot of money in real estate. And I kind of wanted to give you, you know, people listening here, you know, the notion that you don't have to go work for somebody forever and a day. You don't have to do any of those things. You can make other people basically pay for your retirement. Um, and if you want to, you can just have them pay for your livelihood. Um, you can retire relatively easily on this. So anyway, fast forward, we call uh, a buddy of ours. Um, he's young dude. He's got little kids. He's, you know, when you got little kids, money is, you're always down to your last 50 bucks. So I call him and I say, hey man, tell you what, I want you and I want you to come down. This place needs, you know, new paint, um, miscellaneous things, you know, fixed, blah, 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 blah. How much? And I forget how much he wanted. He wanted like 500 or 1000 bucks or something like that. Not a problem. Paid him in cash, the whole nine. I paid something like ten or $12,000 in taxes. So I was literally betting the farm 
on this little endeavor. My 401k was completely emptied out, the whole nine. Now, I'll stop there and tell you, everybody, if you ever are in a position where, you know, you're sitting there thinking, well, yeah, you had a 401k, you know, you could have, you know, it's easy to do, you know, when you got $30,000. Just trust me. It sounds like a lot of money, and it is, but if you use common sense and some basic tactics, you can absolutely raise this money on your own, okay? Borrow it from a friend, save the money, um, you know, every spare dime you have. You know, maybe you don't buy the latest iPhone, maybe you don't buy the latest, you know, gaming console, maybe you, you know, eat ramen for a little bit, whatever. Um, All those little things add up. You know, your situation may be a little different here and there, but... If you look at your budget, if you look at the things that you can do to save the money, just trust me, it can be done. It's not it's not impossible. So anyway, I get the place done. I hire a property manager because one of the first things I did was when I was talking with my friend's father, I was thinking, oh, shit, you know, I know me. I'll buy a sob story. If some poor single mom calls me and says, hey, listen, I'd love to, to pay you this rent this month, but, you know, I didn't get my child support check, you know, and, and my mom was a single mom when I was growing up, so I'm going to buy that bullshit, right, whether it's true or not. So fast forward, I get a property manager. I get a lady in there. She's great. She pays the rent in full and on time. Now I'm paying for taxes, mortgage, insurance, all the usual things that people think about, right? I think I had it rented for, I want to say like a thousand a month. And my, ta- my expenses were something like 700 a month, something like that. So I was making about $300 a month. And when you get that first check and you're looking at that $300 sitting in your account, you're like, holy shit, it's fucking working, right? So everything's going fine for about a year. And I'm just making my standard 300 bucks. And you know, things are stabilized. I got a good tenant there that, you know, everything's going rock and rolling. And I go, you know what? I want to get my next property. This is, this is working great. Well, by this point, this $110,000 is now worth $180,000. And I go, oh my fucking God, I, 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 I can't afford it because you need, you know, 20% down when, when you have these things. Right. So I'm sitting there thinking, I don't have $36,000. It'll take me forever to save that money again. Right. So I'm looking around and I find this little website called biggerpockets.com. Great, great website. Absolutely wonderful. Tons of information there. Lots of it's free. They got a bunch of, you know, uh, you know, interviews with people, all that fun shit. <clears throat> so I get on there and I'm reading through and they say, hey, you know, uh, you know, everything's going great. You know, uh, you want to buy some properties? You ought to think about buying properties, you know, outside of your area. And they did an interview with this guy. And the interview went pretty well. And the guy said, oh, yeah, I own like a thousand doors. Now, when he says a door, a door is basically a unit, whether that be a single family house or if uh, if you own a 20 unit apartment building, then it's a 20 doors, you know, basically just one unit. Right. So he says, I own a thousand doors, some some astronomical number like that. And the, the radio guy said, hey, you, you must own half the fucking city. And he goes, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I've got, you know, I've got properties all over the United States. And he goes, well, then you must travel like crazy. You know, that's, that's fucking ridiculous. He goes, oh, no, I've bought and sold properties that I've never stepped foot in. And they both looked at him like, are you out of your fucking mind? He says, oh, no, no, no. He says, let's think about this here for a minute. He said, so you go out and you buy a property, right? There's 
um, pictures and appraisals and, you know, um, inspections. And, you know, obviously you're going to have a team on the ground, right? You're going to have a property manager. You're going to have a realtor. You're going to have a handyman, all that kind of fun jazz, right? So, but there's no reason for you to go to these places. In fact, the guy even said, you know, when was the last time you went to your property that you own locally? And I got to thinking about that. I'm like, fuck, I haven't gone to my property other than like if I was out on a date with a woman and I casually mentioned, you know, oh yeah, I own, I own some property. And she went and she casually said, oh, you know, show me. Okay, that one over there, there it is. Like I never needed to drive by it. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh fuck, this guy's absolutely right. So I uh, cash out refi. I take uh, I take uh, $40,000 out of my out of uh, the equity in the house cuz by this point the house is worth like 180 or something like that. And I'm looking and on bigger pockets, I found an article that said, "Hey, here's property or here's the best places, the best bang for your buck, right? In cities." And the top 2 at the time was Atlanta and St. Louis. And I was looking at Atlanta and Something about Atlanta just didn't quite jive with me. You know, I was looking at these properties, and I'm finding properties for like $50,000, and they were less than 10 years old. I'm like, what is wrong with this place? You know, there's got to be something wrong. And then it dawned on me, oh, shit, it's in the Gulf Coast. They get hurricanes. They get all sorts of fucking horrible weather and shit. So I'm like, okay, St. Louis it is. So I look online. I find property manager, and I find the property manager that I find is Big Paul. Now, Big Paul is the same guy that recently passed away. He was in the Raise Your Glasses. He was he was a subject of the Raise Your Glasses episode. Wonderful man. Hard drinking, hard smoking, lovely guy. So, fast forward, I decide I'm going to go into St. Louis. And he and I are talking, and I find a realtor, and we're, uh, we, you know, we find a place. It's this tiny little place. Uh, I call him a grandma house. Basically, it's, you know, built in the 50s. You know, but it had been remodeled, so it was in decent shape. And gigantic yard. It was for $40,000. And I'm looking at this going, you got to be shitting me. This house is $40,000. That's the down payment for, you know, the property that I currently own, right? And it rents for 800 bucks a month. And I'm sitting there going, what the fuck? Do people not know how to do math here? So I buy the property, right? Buy the property, and I start getting everybody in. In the meantime, I've got two deals going on at the same time. I get another property. They want $60,000. This place, fantastic. You know, it's got brand new stainless steel um, uh, appliances, brand new kitchen. The place looks great the whole nine. So I buy that place too. In the meantime, I'm talking to a local bank, and they say, yeah, man, we can go ahead and finance you all out. So I'm thinking, all right, everything's rocking and rolling. So I literally get, like within the last two weeks documents are signed we're ready to go bank guy says hey man i need to meet you face to face and i'm thinking why why the fuck do you need to meet me face to face he says well if this deal goes sideways my boss is going to pull me aside and say hey dude um you know you what's what's with this dude and he's going to say oh it's a dude i've met on the internet and he's going to go so you owned you know basically a hundred thousand dollars to a guy you never seen face to face so i'm like yeah fuck all right fine so quite literally Friday at the end of my work shift, I hop on a plane, fly over to St. Louis, have a layover in Chicago of all places, fly in, get a rental car, drive into the bank on a Saturday because they were open on Saturdays, 
walk in, haven't showered or shaved in at least 24 hours, closer to 36 at this point. Hey, I'm Travis. He goes, hey, man, hey, nice to meet you. I'm like, cool, cool. Is there anything you need? And he goes, no. He says, I just wanted to see that you were a real person. I'm like, you fucking kidding me. All right, fine. He's a cool dude, but it just aggravated me. So I literally get back in the car 10 minutes later, get back on a plane, head home. So sign the deal. Everybody's rocking and rolling. I'm thinking, fuck, man, I'm going to make like five to, fuck, I forget. I think it was like five or six hundred bucks a month I was going to make across both properties, right? So I've got less money wrapped up into it, and I'm making more profit, right? So it's a win-win-win all the way around. Then two fucking weeks later, Ferguson happened. Mike Brown, the Mike Brown shooting, the whole hands up, don't shoot, Black Lives Matters, all that kind of bullshit where people literally rioted, burned down stores, the whole nine. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. So now I'm watching the riots, and I'm watching all this shit, and it's literally two miles from my fucking new uh, new place that I bought. So I'm thinking, all right, I can look at this one of two ways. I can either look at it as, oh, my God, I've made a, <coughs> excuse me, I've made a horrible fucking mistake, or I could look at it like this. Properties are now on sale, and that's exactly what I did. I went, all right, property is on sale. So Ferguson got their fucking asses kicked. You know, riots and, you know, the fucking police were all all over the place and all that kind of shit. And it didn't matter that it was a completely justified shooting. You know, the guy reached for the fucking cop's gun. Fuck him. He chose his path, you know. Well, fast forward. I get a call from my property manager, Paul. Big Paul. He says, hey, man, I got the deal of a lifetime for you. All right, what do you got? He says... I got a four-house deal. They're already in. They're already ready to go. Um, the guy wants $160,000. And I'm like, $160,000 each? He goes, no. $160,000 for all four properties. I'm thinking, oh, my fucking God. Absolutely. So at this point, I'm only making about $100 a month off of the original place that I got. Um, that was because I did a cash-out refund. So I'm thinking, fuck it, you know, if I sell this place, then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get, um, you know, more profit. So I sell my original place. I pocket the money. I use that money as a down payment for the four-house deal. And everything's going pretty well. So I'm thinking, fuck, man, this is great. Now I've got, you know, I had one door. Now I've got six. This is fucking wonderful, right? Then I started getting, you know, shitty tenants. You know, get a, te- get a tenant here, you know, oh, I can't pay the rent, this, that, and the other. You go through the fucking rigmarole, blah, blah, blah. Then all of a sudden, um, you know, hey, this furnace went out. And oh my fucking God, our furnace is expensive. I've bought probably one, two, three, four, I think about four or five furnaces in my career, my my real estate career in 10 years. And they're literally $5,000 a piece. It, it will eat you alive. So, but what I was doing was I was taking every dime that I had when I got a profit and I just rolled it back into the next property, rolled it back into the next property, on and on and on. And there was a couple of times where, you know, I had to, you know, toss something on a credit card because, you know, you just get having to get hit with the wrong time. So fast forward again, and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. I get a call from my realtor. He says, I got another property for you, $33,000, and it rents for 700 a month. And I'm thinking... This is fucking wonderful, man. I mean, $33,000 is the cost of a car, and people are renting it for $700 a month. Hell yeah. So I buy it. So everything is going great. 
In the meantime, on Bigger Pockets, I meet this dude. We'll call him Scotty Boy. Scotty Boy, um, he's a uh, mortgage broker. And he says, hey, man, you know, I can help you out, get financing, blah, blah, blah. Great. We're going, and uh, we're talking. And he says, you know, I'm not trying to sell you on the idea, but do you ever think about, you know, Oklahoma? I said, no, I, I, I hadn't, honestly. Let's talk Oklahoma. And he says, well, you know, you generally get, like, a better quality tenant. You know, you get generally better this, this, and this. He says, I'm, he says, I'm not so sure about St. Louis just because – the, the quality tenant there, it's just, it's, it's no good. He says, it's a cultural thing. You know, here, you know, we're in Oklahoma. You know, it's a bunch of good old boys. You know, they work their asses off. They, they you know, they stick by their word the whole nine. All right, well, tell you what, let's go ahead and do it. Let's let's do a baby deal, right? So I find a place for $54,000. I buy it. I put $15,000 into it, right? Because like I said, I've been, you know, basically reinvesting my profits left and right. So I'm into the place for like Seventy grand or so. Get a runner in there. It's a little old lady. <laughs> this little old lady was fucking great. She goes in and says, um, you know, she had a couple of minor complaints. Hey, I want a new shower head. Who gives a shit? They're twenty bucks. They're fifty bucks. Who gives a fuck, right? I want new door locks. Fine, hundred bucks, whatever. Got her all dialed in. This lady's been a runner of mine forever. Then she came back and she said, uh, hey, I want to get uh, another property, or I want to get another um, uh, place, so I'm going to go ahead and you know, bail. I get a new tenant. This guy, he's, he's a finance guy, and it fucking aggravates me to no end because the place now is worth almost $140,000. I literally have like $60,000, $70,000 worth of equity just sitting there, and this guy pays his bills in full and on time. Every month, no complaints, no repairs, nothing. He's just like clockwork. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm looking at $70,000 that I can use to go buy more property, and he's doing this shit. So anyways, that went, that deal went really, really well. So Scotty Boy says, I got another deal. Fuck yeah, dude. Let's go. Find this other place. Got a hundred. Uh, it's this place out, uh, uh, out in Oklahoma City. I get same deal, you know, buy it, buy it low, toss 15 grand into it, the whole nine. And, you know, in the meantime, you know, you're dealing with stupid people, right? Luckily, for the most part, people are generally pretty good. But I mean, I, I give you an idea. I had to hire a plumber, like a state of the art plumber guy, which doesn't sound right, but I, because they kept complaining about leaks, got a leak, got a leak, got a leak, don't know what, don't know what, could not find it, couldn't figure it out the whole nine. And this guy f finally figured it out. He goes and he walks into the bathroom and the floor is wet. And he goes, what the fuck is this? And the daughter, she's like 17. She says, yeah, I was showering. And he says, there's water fucking everywhere. And she says, yeah, I, I, I don't use a shower curtain. And he looks at her dumbfounded. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? She goes, no, I don't like a shower curtain. She says, because sometimes like my, my skin will touch it, you know, if I, I bump it or whatever, and it freaks me out. So I just shower with no shower curtain. He says, we're right above where you've been complaining about the leak. And she goes, oh, okay. So the tenant, we tell her, hey, your daughter's showering without a fucking uh, shower curtain. She goes, oh, yeah, I know that. And me and my property manager were looking at her like, we spent almost $1,000 on plumbers trying to locate this fucking leak. You know, we ripped shit apart. It never once occurred to you? She goes, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, guess, I guess that was on me. Yeah, well, you can be sorry because guess what? You're getting a fucking bill. I sent her a $1,000 bill. 
She wasn't happy about that, let me tell you. But it's like, listen, don't be stupid. Being stupid should cost money, you know what I mean? So, anyway, fast forward. She moves out. Another dude moves in. And at this point, I've got $60,000 worth of equity in this place. And I'm like, fuck, we're rocking and rolling. So, sure shit. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sell this place, right? I got a lot of debt that I want to get rid of, you know, old fucking credit card debt from way back when, some real estate related, some not. And I'm sitting there going, you know what? And this is like March of last year. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking sell, right? So I go and I say, hey, we're going to sell. And we toss it up on the, the, the uh, uh, toss it up on the market. The uh, tenant by this point, the new tenant, uh, they're good people, but they wanted to buy their own place too, so they had moved out the month prior. Sold the place for one hundred thirty-six thousand dollars. After taxes, fees, closing costs, all that shit, I got literally got a check for fifty-nine thousand dollars, and that was my profit. And I'm sitting there going, "Holy shit! I have never seen that much money. That was completely mine the whole night." Now that said, if you are ever in this position, always, always, always get your CPA involved, your your accountant, whatever. The reason why is because theoretically I could have had to pay taxes on that. But because of all my other dealings, I'm not gonna have to pay tax on it because I'm deducting so much other shit. So anyways, in the meantime, I did a cash out refi of all the properties in St. Louis. Gave me like a hundred and some odd thousand dollars, right? Free and clear money, just sitting in my account. And then Scotty Boy calls me and says, Hey man, I got a 20-unit apartment building for a half a million dollars. Great. So we buy it, and it's in rough, rough fucking shape. But 20-unit apartment building, fine. I buy it. We're doing okay, but it's not really making the money that we thought. And come to find out my property manager at the time, not Big Paul. This Big Paul only does uh, uh, St. Louis. At the time, they were doing the bare minimum when it came to babysitting people and they were uh, basically inflating the bill you know thousand bucks a month in repairs miscellaneous shit you don't think anything of it because you're like it's an apartment building you would think that you know but um when i was talking about doing a gut remodel on the whole complex my bank guy um big boy b <laughs> he comes out and he says i want to take a tour because if i'm going to give you two hundred thousand dollars for a remodel I want to know what the fuck I'm paying for. Absolutely, dude. So he comes out there with Scotty Boy, and uh, sure as shit, he looks around. He goes, dude, you need to call your property manager now. I'm like, what the fuck? So there's a hole in one of the units that literally is as big as a man. And I'm like, what in the fuck is this? And he says, oh, yeah, you remember when you had that leak? Yeah. Well, you know, that was that. Was that. I'm like, okay, well, you, repla- you repaired the pipe. Yeah, yeah, I repaired the pipe. I says, you got to repair the fucking sheetrock, too. And they go, oh, well, you didn't pay for that. I'm like, oh, my fucking God, are you shitting me? In the meantime, there's garbage everywhere. There's a homeless camp nearby the whole night. I'm like, what in the ever-living fuck? So I have a sit-down with the owner of the property management company, and I tell him, I'm like, hey, dude, this is fucking ridiculous. What the fuck is going on? And he starts, he starts defending it. And he goes, well, you know, you always tell us to watch our spending, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I pull up a report as I'm talking to him. I says, you've had this place a year and a half. You spent $81,000 on repairs, and this is what you fucking do? And he says, well, you know, it's mainly bubble gum and duct tape. And I go, ho, 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 ho. 
you spent $81,000 on bubblegum and duct tape is what you're telling me? And he goes, well, and at this point, the smart thing for the property manager, his employee to do would be to shut the fuck up. And what does this dumb motherfucker do? He says, oh, yeah, uh, you really should thank us. And I'm like, how you figure? He says, well, um, because the place is in such bad shape, um, you know, if I see anybody that comes in that has a valid social security number, um, I figure out any way I can to automatically deny them. He says, so that way, uh, we basically let in illegal immigrants. And I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I'm like, so you mean to tell me that you're breaking the law to, to do this? And he says, well, illegal immigrants aren't going to complain about something if it's wrong. He says, where, where you know, citizens or legal, or legal immigrants are. And I look, because we're in a video chat, and I look at the owner, and I go, you got to be motherfucking kidding me. And he says, well, you know, if there's any legal liability, it's on us. I go, no, 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 no. You think that the fucking people are not going to sue me? They're going to sue me. They're going to sue you too. Don't get me wrong. But they're going to sue me too. You're, you're fired. You're unbelievably fired. And the other guy, as I'm saying this, says, well, is it also because of the pig? And I'm like, what, what pig? What do you mean? He says, well, you know, there was a neighbor who... Um, who had a small pig living with him. And I'm like, you're letting fucking barnyard animals live in the goddamn complex? He goes, well, they're clean animals. Oh my God, you're so ungodly fucking fired. So at this point, I'm just fuming pissed because I've they've blown through $81,000 of my money and it looks like shit. So I call my bank guy back. Say, hey man, firing these people. This is what's going on, blah, blah, no problem. So Scotty Boy is uh, currently about halfway through my uh, my remodel. I've spent $200,000 on this remodel, right? New countertops, new appliances, brand new roof across the entire complex, brand new siding, new paint, new everything. And everything's going pretty well now. But in the meantime, I've always reinvested my profits. And no, no matter what your investment Always reinvest your profits. <coughs> Excuse me. Always, always, always reinvest your profits. Here's why. Let's say you have $1,000, right? And you're going to invest that money, right? Let's say you get 10% just to keep the numbers nice and round. Well, if you take that $1,000 and you earn, you know, say 100 bucks, right? Say 10%, right? So you earn a hundred bucks for the year, right? Well, if you take that hundred bucks and do you know fuck all with it, then you're gonna be in a spot where next year you'll earn that same hundred bucks, assuming everything stays the same. Blah blah blah, but you know what I mean. But if you take that money and you reinvest it, now instead of a hundred bucks, now you're making a hundred and ten bucks. Then the next year you're gonna make a hundred and twenty or whatever the fuck it is. Blah blah blah. It's called compounding interest. And it sucks for you. Here's why. When you start seeing yourself really start to snowball, right? So let's say you're taking a bit of a little snowball, right? If you want to make this giant, you know, avalanche, you got to work at it, right? Take a little snowball, you toss it at the top of the hill, you push it down. At first, it's slow, it's growing the whole nine. But as time goes on, as you're adding more and more and more and more, pretty soon it becomes this monster. For example, right now, 
if I had taken my $30,000, right, which, you know, turned out to be like 18 or whatever the fuck it was, if I had taken that 18000 and, you know, sold the property and did nothing with it, I'd have my $18,000, right? I currently have, in just St. Louis, $200,000 worth of equity, all right? I've got another couple hundred thousand dollars in Oklahoma in equity as well. And I'm constantly, constantly reinvesting, right? In fact, the first time I spent any money whatsoever on myself, I took me and a family member to go see Force Awakens, which came out in December 2015. I started in 2011. So for four years, I was constantly reinvest, 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 reinvest. So, and even then, when I went to see The Force Awakens, you know, we went to a high-end movie theater. I got drinks and a few other little goodies, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up getting, um, I ended up spending like $100 on that. You know, I, I've got an iPhone. Yeah, it works great, but I don't have the latest iPhone. I roll around in an eight-year-old car that's got dents all over the fucking place. I don't live in a very large house. I am constantly reinvesting, reinvesting, reinvesting. And this gets back to my original point. This is why America is so fucking great. Because in America, a poor white trash kid who came from literally nothing, who saved his money, who had a plan, who executed the plan, went forward, even in the face of adversity, made a lot of money. In fact, right now, my $2 million that I currently have, if it continues in the trajectory that I have, by the time I retire in about 20 years, I'm going to have close to $50 million in real estate with about $11 million in equity. And that's the kind of money where you really start to see it. So if you were to take that reinvestment at the whole 10% thing, if I had just taken my $18,000 and did nothing with it, I'd have $18,000. But because I've reinvested it, now you're at 11 million, you know. And so at 11 million, the next year, I'm making a million dollars just in interest alone. So you can kind of see how things can really spiral, I guess you can say, in a good way. This is why they hold, say the whole, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. And it's a mindset. And it's not necessarily a knock on rich people or a knock on poor people. Rich people continually reinvest. That's why they continue to get richer. Because they're sitting there and they're thinking, okay, well, I've got, you know, a million dollars. All right, well, if I reinvest it, I'm going to have 1.1 and then 1.3 and, you know, on and on and on. Whereas a poor person whose mindset might be, hey, you know what? I've, I've earned, you know, 100 bucks in interest. Great, let's all go out and celebrate. All right? Well, if they don't, if they don't do that, then they're going to start becoming a little bit more wealthy. The easiest way to tell somebody who is self-made and, you know, doing well for themselves, you notice they don't drive Lamborghinis unless they're extremely wealthy. And even then, they really don't, they really don't do it. The guys you see on YouTube that have, like, you know, Lamborghinis and shit like that, and, you know, ask yourself, how'd they get that Lamborghini? Is it really theirs or is it a rental, you know? So, when you start to see... People building some of the things, you know, businesses, anything like that. You'll notice that they really don't, they aren't flashy. Um, 
In fact, um, I'm trying to think of a, of a person that, has, you know, a famous person that's a good, you know, reason for that. I mean, some of the wealthiest people you've ever seen, you wouldn't recognize them on the street. Um, Warren Buffett, you know, he's a perfect example. You know, in fact, I've seen him numerous times waiting on the, you know, side of the road, you know, after a business meeting. In fact, there's a famous video of him doing that, and he's literally waiting for a cab. He's not waiting for a limo. He doesn't have a security detail. He lives in the same house he bought in the 50s, the whole nine. He just enjoys building, right? And if you pay attention to what he says, it's very, very, you, you, it's very telling. You can really, you know, see some of the cool things that apply to us. He has a very famous saying, when everybody else is greedy, be fearful. When everybody else is fearful, be greedy. And that has really, really served me well. So when everybody else was fearful in 2011, everybody was going, oh my God, the real estate market is just absolutely out of control. Everybody's selling the whole nine. And that drove prices down. Now, the fundamentals of real estate haven't changed. You buy low, you get it rented, maybe you toss a couple of bucks into it, it raises in value, then you sell it if you want. So when everybody else was being fearful, I got greedy. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to buy as many as I can, as fast as I can. And then when everybody started um, becoming greedy, I was like, wait a minute, why is everybody being greedy? You know, everything's starting to kind of, you know, bubble up. Everything's starting to kind of, you know, come to a head. And this is how you can tell when things are either overinflated or in a bubble or however you want to pronounce it. And then you go, oh my God, something is wrong here. So then maybe you pull back a little bit. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm not going to invest in all these other little things. Uh, I'm going to kind of pull back a little bit and just kind of see what happens. Um, and that's what I did when I sold that property. Um, when I sold that, that uh, second property in Oklahoma, um, I basically was thinking, you know, everybody's, you know, the, the market's starting to really take off. You know, I got some debt here I'd like to get rid of. I mean, I paid off like, I don't know, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 worth of debt last year. And I'm literally debt free other than mortgages, which, you know, you're going to have, but I have no debt, no credit card debt, no car payment. I just have my primary house mortgage and then the mortgages on the rentals and that's it. And it's incredibly freeing to be able to do that, to be able to say, you know, my credit score is 800 and some change. In fact, I checked it out. My credit score is like 814 or something like that. It's astronomical. And so... If you end up going down this road, a couple of tips. One, cash is king. No question. You got the cash, doesn't matter. Um, I have bought properties and had them um, conventionally financed, and they let you get away with a little bit of money down, you know, 3%, 5%, whatever the fuck it is. But what they don't do is they don't tell you is that you got to have mortgage insurance on it. So it'll cost you a few extra bucks, blah, blah, blah. I've had things commercially financed. Anything above a fourplex has to be commercially financed. Commercially financed requires you to have a 20% down payment. So when you see a building, you know, for sale for $10 million, when somebody buys it, somebody had to come up with, you know, two to two and a half million dollars in cash. So, but banks don't give a fuck about uh, your your personal financial situation when it comes to commercial. They care about the viability of the building. So 
when you are um, looking at a building, like at the time when I bought my building, I was making like, you know, God, I want to say like maybe a hundred grand a year or something like that. Decent money. Don't get me wrong. But I talked to my, my bank guy and I said, Hey, if I find a building and I've got the down payment and the closing costs for it, um, would you, how much money would you loan me? He says, I'd loan you $50 million. And I'm looking at him dumbfounded. Like, are you fucking kidding me? He goes, no, it's just commercial world. Totally different, totally different beast. He says in the regular com- conventional way, he says, wouldn't touch it with a 10 foot pole. Not for that kind of money. He says, but, but, uh, commercial. Absolutely. He says, I would absolutely loan you $150 million. Not a big deal. And I'm like thinking, holy fucking shit. I, I'd, I'd be fucking dumbfounded if I owed that much money, you know? But I mean, 10 years ago, if somebody told me, hey, I've got a million dollars worth of mortgages, people, I probably would have freaked out then. A couple other things you'll need to know. Everything is negotiable. Everything is negotiable. Excuse me. The, the mortgage rate. The terms of the mortgage. Um, the price that you're paying. Um, in fact, uh, one thing that I'm going to be doing when I'm, uh, ref- cause I'm currently refinancing my, uh, apartment complex, um, we're getting a lower interest rate and I'm getting a longer term. Those two things in of themselves are going to save me about a thousand dollars a month over my mortgage. Right now, get this in the commercial world, you can have a certain time frame where it's interest only. Now, some banks will do a year, some will do two, some will do five. There have been banks that have been known to do 10-year interest only. Now, my bank is looking at between two and three-year. But that means that my my payment is going to go down $2,000 a month. Now, what does that mean? That means that I have two years of pressure relief, so to speak. So I'm not having to worry about, you know, oh, my God, this tenant is, you know, late and this guy's late and this guy's late. So therefore, I got to take, you know, money out of my pocket for the mortgage, whatever. Um, what this means is that your payments are so low that by the time you get to where the interest only period ends, you can actually have the rents raised to a degree where it offsets that. So let's say it's $2,000 a month, right? Now I got a 20 unit apartment building, right? That means that I need to raise the rents by roughly uh, $100 per unit over the course of that two years, right? So every year you raise it 50 bucks. So now when we get to that two year point, now the the net is the same. So now I've got properties that, excuse me. Now that means that my properties are are, are still making me the same amount of money. Now. At that point, I can go and say, all right, well, let's figure this all out. Let's see, do I want to sell the place? Because nobody tells you this other thing. They don't value apartment buildings the same like they do a, a conventional house. In the conventional house, they'll say, okay, well, this house is a three-bedroom, two-bath, 2,000-square-foot house, and let's find a bunch of other houses like that that have sold recently in the past, you know, or like a two square miles or whatever. And the apartment buildings... They look at what's known as NOI. NOI is net operating income. And that means that you take the money that you pulled in every month, minus your expenses, but before you paid your mortgage, that's your NOI. Typically, you'll multiply that by what's known as your cap rate. That'll give you the final amount of what it's typically worth. 
There's some formulas on online that you can do, but that's kind of an oversimplification of what it's worth. Once my property hits where the the, um, the remodel is completely done and all the renters are at where they need to be rent-wise, my property is worth roughly $1.2 million. And I'm only going to owe a little bit more than 500000 So that means that my original $100,000 investment, because I had to put 20% down on the $500,000 house, I'm going to have $700,000 worth of equity. So I've made seven times the amount of money, and I'm probably going to be into the property three to four years. And there is simply no other investment that you can reliably do that. Yeah, you might be able to buy Tesla when it's low. You might be able to buy some Bitcoin when it's low, whatever. But to have something that you buy that is a tangible item where you can make five times, ten times your money in a very short order is really unheard of. Now, the even cooler part is because if I've got a really nice, strong, close relationship with my bank, after those two years, I can go back and I can say, hey, buddy, you know, uh, can I get a line of credit on the equity of this place? You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe it makes sense to hold on to it, but, you know, I'd like to tap in the money. I can then take some of that equity, say $200,000, and I can turn around and go buy another million-dollar piece of property and do it again and again and again. And so when I talk about building wealth, I'm talking about being able to retire early. I'm talking about the, the ability for my money to make money. I have a very simple, easy way to, to, to make you guys really drive home this point. I have 29 doors right now, right? What does that mean? I have 29 people who every day get up in the morning, shower, shave, shit, drive to work, work their asses off, do, do all the usual things that, that a normal person does, who will then turn around and at the end of the month hand over part of their money to me to fund my retirement. And if that isn't freedom, I don't know what can what is. The ability for me to make money when I'm literally driving into work, when I'm you know sitting at home, when I'm sleeping, is incredible feeling to have. I, I, I cannot describe it to you. For for when I see, for example, today's the sixth, right? So over the course from the first to the fifth, because late rent is due, rent is late on the fifth, to see alert after alert after alert from my bank saying a deposit is coming in for eight hundred bucks, a deposit is coming in for five thousand bucks, a deposit is coming in for whatever. To see those things every single month without me having to do a damn thing is incredibly satisfying. So if you have any questions, if you have any concerns, if you have anything that you want to know about this this subject, feel free to reach out to me. You know, you can find me wherever. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, this was a subject that I, I really kind of dove in, you know, into the deep end of the pool and really ran with it. And a lot of people told me I was going to get my ass kicked. A lot of people told me I didn't know what I was doing. They had seen what was happening with the other people, um, like my friend's father. They had seen it. They're like, nah, you don't know what you're doing. You're going you're gonna to lose all your money. You're going to this, that, and the other. And we tease about it now. But in the back of your head, you go, ha, 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 fuck you. 
<laughs> so, anyway, if you want to be rich, you can be rich. You just got to push forward. You got to have a plan. And you got to be able to face adversity and tell adversity to go fuck themselves. Y'all have a good night now.